0: You're listening to the Messy Life Podcast. Each week we bring you genuine conversations on marriage, parenting, health and fitness, faith, and all the messy spaces in between. We strive to embrace authenticity and we always keep it real. Welcome to episode two of the Messy Life Podcast. I'm your host, Laura Crawford.
1: And I am this season's co-host, Daniel. And I'm also the lucky man that gets to be married to Lara and walk out this messy marriage together.
0: In this episode, we are going to talk about togetherness in relationship, what it looks like to divide your time as individuals, and how to respect one another's unique needs for both quality time and alone time. Now, before we carry on, I want to let you know that the Messy Life Podcast is brought to you by CleanChefMessyMom.com. Clean Chef Messy Mom is your go-to food and lifestyle source for clean eating and gluten-free recipes, as well as authentic conversations regarding all the messy parts of life, from marriage to parenting to faith to all the struggles that come with living a clean and healthy lifestyle we cover it all. Head on over to cleanchefmessymom.com for tons of resources and free downloads on all of these things. All right. So we want to talk about togetherness in relationship, but what the heck does togetherness even mean? Daniel, why don't you explain that?
1: Oh, you want me to explain that? I sure do. Well, I would best describe togetherness in relationship as the level to which people intertwine their lives together in marriage. It's about the amount of time that they spend together and the amount of time that they are willing to spend apart. Um, I'd also say that it isn't just about the action, about what their schedule looks like necessarily, but actually about the heart behind how they're spending their time together or apart. Because you could be together and... Um, not so much yourself or apart and not have much connection. So it could go both ways depending upon the heart.
0: Yeah, your level of togetherness in relationship can be really healthy or it can be really unhealthy based on that, uh, that root or the root of the need for time together or time apart. And togetherness in relationship is a really interesting thing too because I would say, It often seems like couples really gravitate towards one extreme or the other.
1: No. Really? I think so. (laughs) I'm just playing with you, honey. To put it more simply, everyone knows these two couples. There's the couple that spends all their time together, always, every day, all the time. And then there's the couple that seems like they never do anything together at all. Am I right?
0: Absolutely. It definitely seems, at least from the outside looking in, that most couples really are one or the other.
1: That's a good point that you make there, actually, honey, in that you use that phrase, from the outside looking in, which I think is fair because it leaves room for some misunderstanding, meaning you can't fully know what's going on in another person's relationship unless they invite you into that place, which isn't always the case, especially in a marriage, which is very intimate and private. But couples really do appear to be one or the other on the outside most of the time.
0: Definitely. I mean, I would guess that from the outside looking in, we most likely appear to be the couple that spends all of their time together. Wouldn't you agree?
1: Oh, yeah, for sure. And what that looks like on the outside is far different than what it looks like on the inside to you and I. The outside looking in doesn't shed any light on the process that we've walked through to bring balance and our togetherness. So from the outside, it could look definitely like there isn't a balance. I think it's important to say, too, that balance could look different for every relationship. That's good. Um, depending upon each person and the marriage they create, they might land closer to one or the other two extremes. So it's not fair for me to expect the same balance on another relationship than is ours.
0: You know, that's really interesting because we, um, and we're going to talk about this more, but we, we've really learned how to spend our time together. And, um, especially now that we have a baby, we really value our time together and, I definitely believe that it could appear on the outside as if we don't have a balance there. And to the couple that could spend tons and tons of time apart and be okay with it, they might look at our relationship and say, wow, they need to learn to spend some time apart. But that's that's not our balance. And so I really love that point that you made about that. So Honey, you mentioned that there has been a process for us and there definitely has been. So what would you say that that process has been? Where did we start in our relationship and how have we grown?
1: Well, that is super interesting because, well, for example, one of us in this relationship is the extrovert and the other one is the introvert. And if you're listening to us today, I'll let you choose, think and decide who is who in our marriage.
0: Yeah, let's just play with that for a second. Who do you guys think is the extrovert and who do you think is the introvert? Because we're going to tell you in just a moment, but it's, uh, I would say it's pretty evident, but maybe it's not.
1: <laughs> um, but even on that very basic level, it makes us very different. Absolutely. And so there's been a process for us to find out how to marry those differences together that allows me to still be the introvert. Uh Aha, you gave it away. Shoot, I gave it away already. But allows me to be me and my wife to be my wife, but us to still be married and enjoy time together and apart. Um, Now, the, the truth is, is that I needed a lot more alone time than Laura did. I'm the kind of person that if I spend a lot of time with people, I'll walk away from that experience feeling like my batteries were drained, And so I couldn't quite understand how my need for tons of alone time could make Laura feel rejected, which was something that we had to walk through earlier in our relationship. And at the same time, it surprised me early on that she could feel rejected by me wanting to have alone time. And then on the flip side, if I put myself in her shoes, she didn't really need as much alone time as me. And so it was hard for me to understand how she thought through uh, my own actions and needs for for time to myself.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I remember being confused. Do you remember this? I was really confused At times early on in our relationship when you didn't want to talk or I remember I used to travel for my job. Um, and I would go out of town for what was it like four or five days at a time? I think.
1: Yeah. When you were in training.
0: Yeah. And I remember I would work 15 hour days, um, work hard work on my feet, working with patients all day long. I would work 15 hour days and then I would get back to my hotel. And all I wanted to do was FaceTime Daniel. And I would be shocked or confused if he didn't want to talk or if he just wanted to check out or if there was an evening that he um, just wanted to watch a movie instead of FaceTiming or if he just needed space, whatever it was um, during that season. I remember at times it actually felt very personal to me.
1: In fact, honey, do you remember the words that you suggested that I say when I needed to ask for alone time.
0: I actually don't. I think that's how far we've come. We don't really need those. We used to really need those words and those phrases. I I don't remember actually what. I they guess
1: were. I guess this is a side note, but we were intentional about looking for simple phrases that we used as tools to keep us connected. Um, but basically, you needed you needed me to tell you that. When I needed alone time to say something like this, honey, I love you and we're great. However, I need some alone time basically to reassure you that I'm an introvert and I'm a man and both those together typically mean that I especially need alone time. Sometimes it wasn't a reflection of you, but rather it was really that I was that way even before we were ever together. And I would often remind you that I love you and that I just needed to chill for a bit.
0: Oh yeah, I totally remember that now. Because I would often feel like I had done something wrong when you would just check out. And I remember, actually, it was during a holiday once. I remember when we discovered this, um, we realized that what was actually going on was that you would have a need for space, a need for alone time, but you wouldn't communicate that. But then it would build up and your mood would change suddenly, sometimes kind of drastically if we're both being honest. And I had no idea what was going on. So it just seemed like I had really pissed you off.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And what was going on was that I actually did feel frustrated and bothered, even though you hadn't done anything wrong. It was really because I had a need and... I needed to practice this skill of expressing it, communicating to you that I needed time without being afraid of hurting you in the process. And when I didn't take care of that, when I didn't take care of me and my need for alone time, yeah, I eventually got to the point where my batteries were out and then I wasn't the most pleasant of people.
0: Isn't it funny to think back on all of that? I mean, it's not funny that you weren't pleasant, but it's just funny to look back and see how far we've come in that, don't you think?
1: Oh yeah, absolutely, honey. And just as you have had to learn how to respect my need for alone time, I've had to learn to meet your needs for quality time too, even at times that might seem inconvenient for me, depending upon the day or the week that I've had.
0: Why don't you explain that a little bit more, not just what you mean by that, but also give some examples of that.
1: Well, your need for interaction and connection is actually just far greater than mine. And it was a process, but I realized that, especially well after we were married, I didn't marry you so that I could continue living a single man's life. I married you to marry our lives together and so that meant learning how to balance my needs with your needs and as the husband in the relationship i made it a point to try and lead and model what model what that looks like and so that just naturally meant that there were times when i didn't have the alone time that i desired and i had to learn when i needed to communicate my needs if i couldn't be a pleasant person or if I didn't need alone time to prefer you and to go out on an adventure and get out of the house early on a Saturday morning or just talk or whatever it may be.
0: I love that you said that, well, I'm rephrasing what you said, but basically you said that you couldn't have an expectation that you would live a single life as a married man. I absolutely love that because it's so true. And it's so, so good to hear that. I would say that is really what it came down to for both of us, was realizing that it couldn't be one way or the other. We couldn't get married and keep living our lives the way that they were, um, but that we really had um, to make space for each of our needs. It had to be both of us preferring one another. If I expected you to spend every single minute with me, I'm almost 100% confident that you would probably lose your mind.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it could probably turn out that way. And if I got all the alone time that I did as a single man, you would very likely feel completely disconnected in our marriage. And that would definitely not work out well for either of us either.
0: Yeah, that would not be good. So what are some examples that you could give as far as um, how this looks practically?
1: Well, as far as me getting my alone time, I think it has really come down to me communicating my need for it. I mentioned earlier how early in our relationship, I discovered that I need to grow my own skills in knowing what my needs were and communicating them. And so what it looks like practically is first to know what my needs are and practice the skill of speaking it up and expressing that when I recognize what my battery strength is is at. And at the same time, you've been great about recognizing that in me and making time for me to have alone time, whether that's in the evenings or in the mornings when I get up earlier or whatever it may be.
0: Absolutely. And I feel like you've also been awesome at recognizing that on the weekends, I crave family time and I know that that is a sacrifice. I know that that truly is you preferring me because I think we can both be honest before our audience here and say there are times when you would probably rather be working or working on your business, your website, whatever it is, or just being a man and doing stuff around the house or washing a car, whatever it is. Um, but I feel like you've been really awesome at recognizing my need for that togetherness, that family time And I also need to not feel like I'm alone with our baby on the weekends after being alone with her all week long. So even if it's something as simple as you going grocery shopping with me or just going on a walk with us, I feel like you are really good at making time for us as a family.
1: Well, thanks, honey. I also know that, uh, I mean, that's one example of weekends are family time for us, big time. But it's also true, as you mentioned, since Sadie came around, that I recognize that after five full days of me being away at work,
0: five, 10-hour days
1: of me being gone and you being with Sadie as much as we love her and as delightful as she is, it's still good and healthy for you to get some time away from her and for me to have a daddy-daughter date on Saturday um, and just spend some time with her so... You can do what you need to do to get out of the house, to uh, catch up on chores or whatever it is.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It, it really is just about recognizing each other's needs, recognizing um the, how those needs change on a daily basis. And I think it's really important to recognize those things and take note of them. So what do you think that the key takeaway is or what do you think is really the key component in couples learning how to find that balance.
1: Well, the word that we haven't used, that in one word does describe this well, is simply boundaries. I think it really comes down to boundaries. Um, There's tons of books written on this on every topic, but boundaries make for healthy relationships. And that is especially true in marriage. Our marriage actually needs for us to have healthy boundaries for us to be, for me to be a happy husband and for you to be a wonderful wife. Um, and so when it comes to this topic of togetherness, it really comes down to the boundaries that we're creating and depending upon our preferences and our personalities and everything else, we're going to, in a sense, even though this kind of sounds business-like, negotiate what those boundaries are. And that may have to change. It did change when Sadie came, and it's changed when we've uh, moved homes or I've changed jobs in different seasons of life. We have to kind of renegotiate what do these boundaries look like in this stage of our life.
0: Absolutely. That is so good. I feel like there's a huge misunderstanding For most people when it comes to boundaries in relationship. And I just think it is so important to really know what it means to have boundaries, how boundaries play out. And I would say this is the single most important thing is knowing how to not feel guilty about having boundaries, right?
1: Definitely. And that is why in just a few weeks... We're devoting an entire episode to healthy boundaries in marriage.
0: Yeah, we want to dive straight into that topic and really talk about the hard stuff, so we'll be doing that in just a few weeks.
1: That is so good, and I am really looking forward to that.
0: All right. Well, thank you, Daniel, for talking um, with me today about what it looks like, um, to what togetherness looks like in relationship, and... To all of you that are listening, thank you all for tuning in to episode two of the Messy Life Podcast. We hope that it has been beneficial to you and that you have enjoyed it. And remember that you can always check out cleanchefmessymom.com for more real and authentic conversations on marriage. And you can also find show notes for this episode at cleanchefmessymom.com slash two. And that's it for this week. Tune in next week for episode three, where we are going to talk about the power of humor in marriage and all the benefits of laughter and lightheartedness, and we promise to make you laugh too.